Let him dance. Let him dance. Let him dance. Jared, what's going on? Welcome to Ragers. We got the Atlanta Falcons this week. We got controversy with Drew Locke doing his little shimmy shuffle on this field. Colin Cowherd calling him out. National media just worrying about Drew Locke dancing. Let that mother dance, brother. It is Ragers. We are coming off of one of our best weeks that we've ever had. Four in one last week. We couldn't miss. And hell, even Jared's line hit last week with a plus 600 <laughs> anytime touchdown to Albert O. We got money in our pocket. Hopefully you have money in your pockets here. Again, this is the Rager Show. It is a Broncos-focused fantasy football sports betting show through Orange Weekly. We're all about fans, brews, Broncos, news. I'm here with my buddy, Jared. Y'all call him Jared. I know him as J-Rock. What's going on, homie? How you doing today? Hey, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. We're coming off of a big win. We're going into an Atlanta team that uh, also figures out how to lose pretty easily. So uh, we're, I think this is going to be a good week for us. But uh, yeah, plus, obviously, last week we came out with some money, man. Man, just cash money, man. And if you haven't been riding on the Ragers train this year, man, you're probably missing out on a few ducats, bro. So listen, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do what we always do. We're going to have a good time. We're going to talk about some Broncos. We're going to talk about some fantasy. We're going to talk about whether or not Matt Ryan's going to you know, bomb out on us or not. We're going to figure out how we're going to make some money this week. But, Jeremy, you know what time it is? I mean, is it uh, 9 o'clock in the morning, beer 30? Yeah. <laughs> Orange Weekly. Fans, brews, and Broncos news. Now it is nine o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. We're filming this a little bit late, so this was a uh, this is a bubbly, sparkly water, mango bubbly man, just tasty for nine o'clock in the morning. I'll get some I'll get some good stuff later on today. Mm. Sounds good. I opened up a uh, truly that I never intended to drink, just so I could have that uh, sound effect while I drink my coffee. <laughs> I love it, man. So here's how it works. If you're not familiar with our show, don't forget to download it wherever you get your podcast. Hit that like button. Hit that share button. Hit that subscribe button. You can also head over to the Tweeter Bird thing, that Tweeter app. You know what it is. OW Ragers. That's where you're going to get some live tweets from me during game day. Um, I put out some great bets and fantasy football lineups each and every Sunday. So if you want to follow me there, please do that. And I'm going to put out one more quick little kicker here. Pending COVID, because COVID going crazy, I guess, in the state of Colorado. We will be in Blackhawk in two Sundays from now. So let me see. Let me make sure I got that date right. So we will be in Blackhawk Sunday, November 22nd. We're going to put out a ton of content that day. I am going to be spending in the sports book, and I'm going to put a line on every single NFL game that day. So if you want to come out and join us in Blackhawk, you're more than welcome to join us. Or if you want to follow along, we'll maybe even do a little couple extra live shows in there just for the heck of it. We are going to be having a good, good time out there in Blackhawk on November 22nd. All right, let him dance, baby. That's what I want to talk about. Let's just take 30 <laughs> seconds real quickly, and let's go back to last week, and let's think through this game and just the tale of two halves. I mean, the sentiment of Brown, around Broncos country was to hell with Drew Locke, F him, where's Rippin? I'm done, yep. sign still delivered, let's get rid of this dude. The next thing you know about halfway through the third quarter, the dude turns it on, three touchdowns in the second half, doing his little shimmy shuffle, and next thing you know, the Broncos are pulling out a 31-30 victory over the Los Angeles Chargers. Man, Jared, how, how do you even react to that? Hey, so there, there's two things here. One thing, uh, after doing Orange Weekly for about five years now, 
Uh, I've noticed that Broncos country is quick to pull triggers on people, uh, not just players, coaches, everything. Uh, you know, we, we are used to success. We're used, used to not being mediocre, and uh, we're quick to pull the trigger. You know, everyone was calling for ripping. But, hey, man, Drew Locke came out, and he had that fire in that fourth quarter. It reminded me a little bit of the uh, the Tebow years yes. where we do nothing until the end of the fourth quarter, and all of a sudden some magic happens. But you know what? I love it. I don't think that's going to be a constant thing. I think he just had to get his uh, his little swag going. And I think that's what happened. He got his swag going. He, he got comfortable. We ran that up-tempo offense, which I think really helped out. And I'd like to see more of that. Uh, I was listening to the uh, pregame podcast. David and Matt mentioned that a little bit as well. Um, but, yeah, I think that that up-tempo uh, really got him into his groove, got him into his uh, his comfort zone. Yeah, it's, it's odd. You go back two weeks, right, and you see that Drew Locke seems like every time he touched the ball, he was throwing it 30 yards down the field, and it just feels like it was like, hell, timeout, bro. Just move the chains one time. And then last week for, for, for three and a half quarters, we literally watched him do nothing. Um, really ducks. incredibly conservative. No shots down the field. Uh, almost looked like they were just playing to just, you know, keep the game close, kind of like they did in the Tebow years. And then when they finally let it things loose a little bit, it seemed like that Drew Locke found his tempo, his rhythm. He found a couple of his favorite targets. We'd love to see Jerry Judy get in the mix. Um, Albert O, of course, getting his one touchdown. And yeah. on Hamilton. How about that little dude? Um, yeah. A couple really big weeks and back-to-back weeks. So um, really interesting game. Now we fast forward and we look at the Chargers, a team that just knows how to screw shit up, right? I mean, Crimea <laughs> Rivers, forget that. The Chargers are just the most dysfunctional organization in just about all of oh, yeah. football here. I guess it wasn't Rivers. I guess it was just probably just being a Charger, right? But we take the Chargers who have blown whatever it is, uh, you know, 12, 16-point leads or whatever it is under the tutelage of their new head coach. Then we fast forward to the Atlanta Falcons. Again, same similar sentiment ever since that Super Bowl year, man. They hell, they can't, they could be up 40, man, and they could still <laughs> find a way to blow that lead. Um, and so the interesting thing, though, is on paper, the Falcons look like a shitty team, right? Two and five, I think, is what they are this year. Um, basically blown like every lead that they've possibly had. Right. But you unpack the layers a little bit. They got a pretty damn good team over there. And since their new head coach or uh, interim head coach is taking over, I think they're two and three rolling and actually kind of putting some games away. What is your your kind of general perspective on the Atlanta Falcons in general? So for for me, I think this is a super interesting game because they are the exact opposite team that we are. We have a super strong defense and a really shitty offense. They have a super strong offense with a really shitty defense. And I think that's that's really going to show up when we come into this game. And it's really going to be of of who's better is better. Is our defense better than their offense to slow them down? Is our shitty offense better than their shitty defense to go out and and, uh, attack? And honestly, I I like our odds only because uh, our offense is young. Their defense is not young and learning. Our offense is young and learning and can can, uh, roll with the punches. Their defense is just stagnant. Yeah, interesting. You know, your your analysis is spot on. If we look at it from a fantasy perspective, the Atlanta Falcons are giving up the most fantasy points to tight ends in all of the NFL, right? 32nd out of 32nd and giving up fantasy points to tight ends. They are 31st on giving up fantasy points to quarterbacks. They are 28th to giving up fantasy points to wide receivers. And they are literally like, it's just like a, it's just like a little, you know, revolving door over there. If you want to, anybody want to score? It's like Oprah, man. Who wants a touchdown? You want to <laughs> score. You get a score. You, a you can get a touchdown against the Atlanta Falcons, man. They are really just opening up. Now, maybe they're, the, the strength of their weakness would potentially be the run defense. Again, right now they're only giving up 11th out of 32 teams on 
fantasy points to running backs. Uh, so what is it? I mean, is that your analysis basically that Drew Locke in the passing game is just the way to go this week? Or what are you thinking when you're starting to think about the game this week? So there's two ways to go about this. You know that their corners and their safeties are going to be uh, their weak spot. So our normal game plan, our normal Denver Bronco game plan is establish the run to open up the pass. I think you're going to see us walking into this game trying to establish the pass to open up the run because we know our strength is in the run. So if we can mm-hmm. get a couple open big spots over in the run, we're going to start out throwing. I, I, I expect Drew Locke to throw 40 passes this game just because we want to establish that passing game. Um uh, I'd also want to point out, too, that because of their offense being so good, our defense is very much a bend-don't-break type of defense. Yep. Uh, their their time of, uh, of possession is also going to be much higher than ours. I think they're going to be controlling the ball a lot more than we are. Yeah, interesting. And, and, and looking at last week's game, to kind of your point, the, the Carolina Panthers, as they played the Atlanta Falcons, it looked like they actually did have some success with the run game early on. But what we end up seeing, I think it's one of those things that the Falcons have been up in so many games. Uh, they've blown <laughs> it, of course, uh, but they have been up in so many games. I'm curious if that's what's feeding their run defense in air quotes. It seems right. like the teams have to abandon the run later in games to try to catch up, which clearly they can do against the Atlanta Falcons. So that's a that's an interesting dynamic. Again, um, I think the, the Carolina Panthers came out several runs. Mike Davis had like 45 yards and a touchdown in the first half last week against – them um, in the running game and then it just seemed like they just abandoned the run altogether in the second half which was kind of an odd odd sort of game plan again they got down a little bit and next thing you know they thought they could go through the air which again exploits their weakness thinking through the running team and and one of the running games one of the interesting things that i saw last week and again we the only rager we lost last week is because we went melvin gordon heavy we thought that melvin gordon was going to respond to the chargers we weren't sure how Lindsay was going to do off of the injury. Of course, Lindsay gets the big time rush for 50 plus yards and scores a touchdown um, for us. But the interesting though is we get close to the end of the game. We get to crunch time, and who's in the backfield? It's Melvin Gordon. And oh, yeah, well, yeah. in the last drive, we get Melvin Gordon on on the backfield basically. And I think again, part of that could potentially be Melvin Gordon's ability to catch the ball. And Melvin Gordon had that amazing one-handed catch on third down that saved the game basically for us to give us a chance to score. So I'm I'm having a really tough time deciding what to do with these running backs, especially from a betting perspective. Do you have any sense? I see Lindsay's on the, on the injury report this week. Who, who gets more rushes this week? How do you see the carries dividing um, when we're talking about the running back room for the Denver Broncos? So you look at all the experts, you look at Pro Football Focus, ESPN, uh, NFL.com, they're all projecting that Melvin Gordon is going to be getting the majority of the carries. You look at all of our betting sites that we're that we're going off of. Melvin Gordon has the higher yards, has the more carries. I still think if Philip Lindsay is healthy, they're going to try to get him the ball. Because he is our explosive back, and he is the guy that's going to be able to break off those 20-yard rushes. We have, other than the one uh, end-of-game touchdown run that Melvin Gordon had against the Jets, we haven't really seen him break off a big run. It's all kind of short, dink-and-dunk stuff. And don't get me wrong, that definitely works in a in a, in a football mindset, in a get-the-first-down-and-have-a-new-set-of-downs. And we love that. In a sports betting world, that's not exactly what we're looking for. So I think Philip Lindsay is going to get the... Get the uh, the big break balls. Um, I, I still think it's going to be about a 50-50 carry uh, between well, the two of them. Yeah, and, and you're right. You know, when we think about it from a sports betting and a fantasy football perspective, we want to catch an edge. We want to catch the advantage, right? It, it's clear that when we're in the red zone, 
Melvin Gordon's the guy. That's very clear. Absolutely. It's clear that when we're in passing-like situations, Melvin Gordon's going to be the guy that's on the field. Um, does that mean Lindsey's our first and second down back because he's got pop potential and Gordon's our third down back? I think we yet to see that. But one thing I do want to share, Lindsey in his four-game log this year, again, he got injured in the first game, so it's a little bit tricky there. He had, In that first game, he had a 10-yard rush in the first half. But in the three games that he's been healthy for, 20-yard is a long 20-yard rushes along and 55-yard rushes along. So the, the thing that I'm, I'm playing right now is his pop potential. And right now, Philip Lindsay is setting at 36.5 yards as his over-under this week going in. Melvin Gordon is sitting at 44.5 yards. If I were to give a slight edge in either direction, which one would be the more reliable bet or the safer bet this week? I think it's Philip Lindsay. Given that he's healthy, right? He didn't show up on the injury report with his foot. I think he's got his toes jammed again or something. Like that. Yeah. So, so uh, coach said that when he came on, we didn't have a practice yesterday uh, or Thursday, um, but he did come up and he said, uh, it, it's kind of one of those just midseason bumps and bruises. You know, we, everybody's got them. The midseason kind of like sit out a couple practices here and there just to kind of heal up a little bit, but he fully expects him to go game time. Awesome. Perfect. So th- hearing that, let's lock it in. First rager this week is we're going to take Philip Lindsay over 36.5 yards. I think that that's a safe bet. Again, even if he gets eight, 10 carries, what we're seeing is he's got pop potential. We're seeing 10 plus yard rushes in there. He gets one 20 yarder. We're done. We're going to cover that line. And the last couple of times we've taken Philip Lindsay, bro, he's cashed in the first half. He, we don't even have to wait yeah. until the second half and he's cashing. I, so- I, don't, I don't think there's been a time that we took Philip Lindsay's yards that he didn't cash out in the first half. Exactly. And the only time, I think the only game that we didn't actually get him to cover was actually game one where he got injured and six right. carries into the game. So I, I like And, and we are still only like five yards short. It was like he got injured with like five yards short. Yeah. So I, I'm loving Phil Lindsay. He's been a reliable bet for us this year. He's been great. I'm going to take him over 36.5 yards. I love that. Now, if we let's move on to sort of the receiving crew, and you and I both are on the same page. I think this is going to be a lot of airmail in this game here. I think we're going to see a lot of. Of, um, of balls in the air because there's going to be a lot of opportunity to put the ball in the air. We see Jerry Judy potentially with a breakout type. I don't want to call it his breakout game. We've seen a glimpse of the Moss catch, right? The 50-yarder Moss, where he Moss the dude. We see a big catch on third down that goes for 44 yards. He ends up with 70-something yards or I think 80-something yards in the last game. So I think we're starting to see Judy, the Judy train rolling. Just checking in real quick. Remember, we took a preseason prop for Judy over 750 yards on the year. That prop is looking A plus right now as he's setting it. I think he's settling in at 400 something yards. Let me share a stat with you, Jerry. Jerry Judy is third in the NFL right now with catches over 15 yards. And so that's a really interesting statistic for us to see. We've seen that he's finally got some big ball potential. Um, go, Noah Fant, we see he had Nine targets last week. Uh, we, I think we have Pat um, uh, Tim Patrick's going to be back this week. KJ Hamlin's yes. in the mix. Oklahoma seems to be a friend. God, I don't even know who's going to get the ball. Jared, what are you <laughs> on? Who's who's our big dog? Who's our wide receiver one? Who's our tight end one? And who's our wide receiver two this week? So I I, I love this. Uh, you, you, you tell me again. You know, last year, two years ago, who our number one or number two? We had a number one, and then we had maybe a number two, and now we're talking. We have so many uh, right. people that could get the ball and make something with it. So I love this. Uh, our number one receiver is going to st- – I'm going to stick with Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick's okay. going to come back. He's got a good uh, – him and Drew Locke have a good thing going. Um, a lot of people are really worried about Jerry Judy coming out after he's seen a couple big plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're going to try to cheat his way a little bit, and they're going to kind of ignore Tim Patrick, even though obviously Tim Patrick's got uh, more of the targets. Uh, on the tight end side, I still think that Drew Locke has uh, an affinity for Albert O. 
Uh, you know, they both played at Mizzou together. They're, they mm-hmm. have this, you know, big uh, connection together. That's why we took that bet yesterday or last week yep. uh, with Alberto to score. He's in the end zone. He That's his guy. He's looking for his guy. Um, and he does have that first touchdown catch. The same, Almost the exact same play and exact same catch he dropped the week before. Uh, he catches... And now he's got that in, under his belt. Uh, he's getting a little bit more swag as well. I think Alberto is going to outscore, um, outscore in the red zone. Noah fan, I think Noah fan's going to get more yards, but Alberto's probably going to get another touchdown this game. The interesting thing about the Albert O connection, this is something that we were watching very closely last week. Noah fan got nine targets when they were both on the field. Alberto got one. He only got one in the red zone. That was interesting. You go back the week before though. Both tight ends got seven targets, so we're just not 100% sure. So let's play this game over under. I'm going to give you all the lines for those five players that we have right now. I'm going to set the lines for you. This is what uh, FanDuel and DraftKings has right now. I want you to tell me if that's if you're going to take the over or you're going to take the under. Um, I, I, I'm, and I'll share with you kind of my, my perspective on this. Let's start Perfect. with the tight end room. Noah Fant is set at 48 yards for the game on Sunday. Over or under on that? So I, I have a little personal affinity with taking the over on Noah Fant from last year. I'm, I've been burned before. So I'm going to take the under on 48 yards on Noah okay. Fant. I, I think uh, we're going to have the big play potential over the top. I don't think it's going to be um, – I think it's going to be by our receivers taking posts and going over the middle. Noah Fant's going to take some dink and dunk, some outs. I don't think we're going to get a big over-the-top play from him. So I think under 48 yards for Noah Fant. Yeah, the thing with Noah Fan, he's been missing a big ball potential, right? He's his his long on the season right now is sitting at 24 yards. Um, if we were to set the 48, that's Vegas is good, man. His yards right. this year, 47, 38, 35, 46, 57, 81. I bet if you add those all together and divide by seven, I bet you're gonna get something like 48 yards. Yeah. Yeah. Albert Okoe Banana is sitting at 19.5 yards in the game. Over under. Over. I think it's going to be the same thing. We're going to run those two tight end sets. Uh, again, looking like we're going to run, establishing the pass to open up the run. I think we're going to get Albert O open a couple times. They're going to forget about him. I th- I'm taking the over at 19, 19 yards. It's one or two catches, and that's really it. Two or three catches over the top, five-yard, six-yard catches, and we're good. Yeah, the thing that's nerve that's nerve-wracking for me a little bit is just last week was I'm hoping that was the, just kind of a bad You're reflection right. of that with only one target. His season is nine, nine yards, 60 yards, 45 yards up. 20 yards, I think, sounds really good right there. Let me give you the receivers here. Judy, over under 47. Over. I agree. Over, 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 because, again, he's got the big – he does have that big play potential. He just hasn't unlocked it fully. Obviously, he had – like you said, he had the big Moss catch. He's got a couple big catches. He's a smart player, which I really like. I think he's going to be smart in this game. Uh, I like the over on that. Tim Patrick, 44 yards. I'm going to take the over on that one, too. I I think, you know – Every year or every week we sit here and talk about how our tight ends are going to outmatch their linebackers. And again, in this game they do, but I, this is probably one of the first games maybe other than the Jets that I can honestly say that our wide receivers way outmatch their defensive back core. And I think both of them are going to go over. Uh, I think Drew Locke's actually going to have a pretty good uh, day passing. And Hamler over 16 yards. That one's interesting. So uh, with KJ Hamler, it's uh, obviously he got his first touchdown. So that was great to see him get his first touchdown. But I also see that they've been spreading the ball between KJ Hamler and Deshaun Hamilton. So I don't know. I don't know. That one's kind of a toss up for me. I'd like to take the over again, thinking that we're going to pass it and they're going to start trying to uh, worry about Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy. But either Deshaun Hamilton or KJ Hamler is going to have a good day. And I don't think it's going to be both. Yeah, I think really hard to take that in line just without knowing. I mean, that's, that's a one-catch ball type of a deal there. We look at right. KJ Hamler's uh, game log on the year. 
13, 24, 30, 48 are his yards. He's tending to get, you know, three to four targets a game. That might be a worthy bet there. So interesting, interesting stuff. Here's the deal. Like, we want to look at these lines, right? we got the game lines projected at 50 points over under. They have Drew Locke at 255 yards, which is about 40 yards higher than we've seen him all year long. Let's just say Vegas is good, and Drew Locke is around 250 yards passing. Those numbers have to go somewhere. I, you know, I, I I honestly think it's your flavor this week, man. I think if you yeah. if you like whatever you like, um, I think all of these players are a little bit undervalued in some regard. I think Fant, Judy, Patrick are all 50-yard receivers this week. Um, Fant's probably the highest. He's the closest one to the 50-yard mark at 48. He's probably going to be pushing up to 50 yards by the end of the day. We haven't lost a Fant bet this year, which is super-duper interesting. So, uh, And I'm, I'm not one. I hate to bet the unders in some of these situations. I'm not going to bet against Fant to not get his yardage this week. So if you're an Albert O or a Fant, I would take one or two of them. Hell, if you want to take them both, I'd say go for it if you're out there. The one I do just absolutely love is I do love the Jerry Judy bet at 47 yards. I think that he's the guy. Uh, you know, I think they really want him to be the guy. We talked about this last week on the podcast. They All they talked about all week long was we got to get our playmakers involved. We got to get our playmakers involved. Absolutely. And that was after 17 targets to their tight end. If they're talking about their playmakers and they're not talking about Noah Fant, who are they talking about? It almost has to be Jerry Judy. They really want that guy to be the guy. I think he's got the pop potential. I, I like Tim Patrick too. You know, hell, I might end up taking all of these. I, I haven't decided yet, 100% there. Um, I don't know if I would necessarily take Drew Locke over 255 yards. I think that that's, his number is probably pretty darn good there. Again, we don't know what the pace of the game is going to look like. Jared, I'm with you. They might want to slow things down just a scotch. Um, I, I, I really am I'm kind of torn between all of those things. Um, again, all five, I think, are, are solid lines. We're looking at their game logs. Albert O and KJ Hamler have both basically been over their mark every single game this year. I think both of those are safe bets there. I'd give Judy a slight edge over Tim Patrick, just a slight edge, only because I think they really want to get them the ball. And I think no offense is safe bet, you know, any week. I think he's got pop potential. Uh, nine targets last week. That was pretty darn serious. I think they want to get him involved. So, um, Hell, I'm leaving it up to y'all this week. I'm going to give you a wide open flavor. I'm going to kind of monitor the injury report. I want to see what happens to Tim Patrick's hamstring. I want to get a full green light go for him with him being a hamstring injury. Uh, that's the only thing that kind of slows me down about Tim Patrick just slightly because um, they might just take it a little bit easy with him. If I'm going to rank them, I think Tim Pat, or I'm sorry, I think Jerry Judy's your probably your absolute best bet. Tied for number two, I think I would take either. I probably might end up, I probably will end up taking both tight ends, to be completely honest. Over 48, knowing that um the Atlanta Falcons are literally the worst in the NFL at guarding tight ends. <laughs> and the Broncos literally love throwing to their tight ends more than just about anybody in the NFL. So I'm gonna take over on both of those guys there. And then I might sprinkle a Deshaun Hamilton on the backside. So here are our Ragers. We're gonna take Jerry Duty for sure. I think that that's a great Rager for us this week. And then I might, I'm going to take both tight ends. I think that they're just going to have a lot of fun. We're, we might end up with a five rager day today. So <laughs> on the offensive side, I'm going to take uh, Philip Lindsay. I think that's our best bet of the week. If you want to do a two time or a three time unit bet on that, we've Jared and I've been getting kind of, we've been pretty good with our double unit bets in the last couple of weeks. I think Lindsay's our best bet this week. No doubt. Uh, Fant, Judy, Albert Okwebanon. Let's take them. Let's make some money on those four there. All right. I'm going to do something different. Remember, I don't really take other players on other teams, but we're going to mess around with that today. Ryan, Matt Ryan is setting at 290 passing yards this week. That number to me seems sky high. Going against yeah. a solid team. Now, 
Um, is is Bryce Callahan? Are we missing somebody on the outside this week? Who's which one of our quarterbacks is injury? Did injured? Did I read something? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure AJ Boye. There was an issue. He's got something going on. I think hamstring or concussion. I don't know what's going on with AJ Boye, but I think we're going to be missing a, a player this week here uh, on the defense side. I'm wondering if that's pushing that line up a significant amount. As we're looking, okay. as you're looking up that, what you got there so, on AJ? So here we got, here we got. So we got both of them. Both are starting corners. Obviously, Bryce Callahan. We've been moved into the that slot corner position, which he's really been killing it at. Uh, AJ Boye is in concussion protocol. Oh, uh, that's right. Because what was his name? Oh, when Jackson came down and Jackson rocked, rocked him. Yeah. Right. So he's still in concussion protocol. He hasn't practiced all week, uh, and he is not going to be playing. Uh, he is already his game status is set to out. out. So okay. um, Bryce Callahan is questionable with an ankle injury. But again, when coach came out and talked about Philip Lindsay, he said the same thing about Bryce Callahan. It's just one of those midseason kind of rest up a little bit, uh, you know, put some tape on it, put some ice on it and get ready for the game kind of uh, injury. So we are going to be without AJ Boye, but we will be with Bryce Callahan. I am going to take under Matt Ryan's yards at 290. I think that that's a ridiculous number against our defense. We have a pretty solid defense. Would you say Jared, one of the top three to five right now in the league right now, I think in, in yeah, pro football focus is the number three defense in the league. And if we're looking here uh, quickly, um, we are giving up. Well, I guess we are giving up some decent points. I guess fantasy projections we're giving up. We're 24th in the league, at least giving up fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. Part of that, though, let me read you the quarterback list that we faced this year. We faced a pretty significant group of quarterbacks here. We have Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Sam Darnold, who's whack, um, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, and Ryan Tannehill. I mean, we've played a powerhouse group of football of, of quarterbacks there. Let me ask you this question. Of that group of quarterbacks, how many of them, Jared, have thrown over 290 yards against the Broncos, do you think? I, 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 I just pulled this up, so I'm cheating. All right. <laughs> you got? Two. Two. I got two. Ben Roethlisberger and Tom Brady in weeks two and three. Are the only two quarterbacks that have thrown over 290 yards against this offense, knowing how susceptible they are on the uh, on the offensive side, playing against our strength. I don't love this line. I would not take the over. In fact, we are going to take the under on this, under 290 yards passing on Matt Rutt. I think he's going to have a little bit of a hard day. We're going to try to get after that ass a little bit, knowing our um, our defensive or on the offensive side is probably going to keep our, you know, keep the defense off the field, you know, keep make sure that we're tempoing it, make sure that we're playing the run. I don't think Matt Ryan gets to 290 yards. I mean, Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones are the real deal. I mean, those two dudes are about as good of a one-two punch in the NFL when it comes to receptions and receiving yards. But um, 290 seems astronomical to me. Again, keeping Mahomes to 200 yards, Herbert to 278 yards in a kind of a in a gunshot type of shootout type of game. Tannehill, who's probably been the best quarter, one of the best quarterbacks in the last 16 games, you think, in the last year and this year. You know, he's held to under 250 yards. Um, you know, Brady's at 297, but he's Tom effing Brady and Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> um, in a game that we really should have won um, gets 311 yards. I love this where it's at right now with or without um, – Cal- with, with, who's out, who's out again? Not Callahan. No, yeah, Callahan, right? Yeah, Callahan. No, uh, AJ Boy is out AJ with concussion. Out. Callahan's question. Callahan was not there in the first couple of weeks. Um, when right, he, was he wasn't. Those, those first couple of games. So I'm going to take under 290 yards for Matt Ryan. Okay, let's take a look at the game lines really quickly, Jared. We were a little bit late on this. I apologize. We were a little bit late on this. We were a little bit late on this. Um, right? 
when the line opened up, the over-under was 44 for the game. I would have smashed oh, man. the line. That line has moved all the way up to 49.5. I'm seeing it in 50 in some places. They think this is going to be a high-scoring game. The Broncos are underdogs, four-point underdogs. Jared, how do you see that game, this game playing out? And maybe do you have your projection for the week on what you think is going on? Yeah, I, mean, I obviously uh, Atlanta has got a very powerful offense. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game, but man, that forty-nine is way—that's uh, a lot. That's a lot. Uh, I do think this could be a shootout-type game. One of two things are going to happen: either in typical Atlanta fashion slash typical Denver Bronco fashion, Atlanta's going to go up early and we're going to come back and win the game, or this is going to be a real close game. Uh, you know, drug out, running the ball. They have Todd Gurley too, who's running right. pretty well right now. We haven't mentioned that. Um, and, and it's going to be a close game, a low scoring game. I'm, I'm going to err on the side of that only because I know how our offense works. Uh, if they go up early, we're going to obviously throw the ball a little bit more. I think of the under on that, but I do not think that Atlanta wins by more than three points. Absolutely not. I'm taking the Broncos, uh, with the line all day. I you know, I I'm with you. I'm going to stay away from the over under this week, but here's what I got for you. It is teaser time. I think that this, the Broncos. <laughs> are in the perfect number that I'm going to throw them in quite a few teasers this weekend as I'm looking through the lines and doing some of those things. Again, remember, teasers mean that you got to pick two lines, you stick them together, and then you're going to move the line six points. So if the Broncos are sitting at plus four, I can tease them all the way to plus ten. And I don't think in any way in hell the Broncos lose this game by ten points. Now, do the Broncos lose? I'm not going to sit here and say that they're that they're a – clear shot to win. I think they have a, a legitimate shot to win. I, I bet they're about a 50-50 shot to win this game again. Uh, the Falcons have come on strong with the change of the head coaching position, which he's been a terrible head coach. Dan Quinn, I don't even know how the hell he's <laughs> I, I guarantee you I can approach that team better than Dan Quinn. Um, but now that they have a little bit of a different head coach in there, I, you know, I think that they may not throw away games as much as they used to in the past, maybe manage their games a little bit better. I don't know if the Broncos win for sure this week. I'd love to see them win, but they don't lose by 10. I can guarantee you that right there. And so I love that. There's a couple of fun little teasers that I see out there right now. Um, the the Ravens are only a one-point favorite on the road against the Colts. So, again, you can tease that with the Ravens line. You can get the Ravens all the way to uh, to plus six for the game. You know, that would be something that would be kind of interesting to look at here. The Chiefs are always a good team to tease against. Right now they're 10-point favorites. So you could tease the, t- the Chiefs down to a four-point favorite against the Carolina Panthers. I think both of those are really, really solid bets there. Um, the last one maybe that I think is worthwhile is the Tennessee Titans are a six-point favorite against the Chicago Bears at home. You could tease them down to just a half a point favorite, so all the Tennessee Titans would have to do is beat the Bears, which the Bears are trash. So um, there's a question <laughs> for you there. I'm not going to take any of the lines straight up again. Um I want to trust the Broncos. I really want to trust the Broncos, but I don't trust the Broncos yet. So I'm not going to sit here and take a Broncos straight up here, but I love the Broncos at plus 10. I don't think that they lose. I don't think they lose the game by 10. Um, If they're going to lose, it's going to be a one score game and we're going to be playing a close one there. So with that being said, fantasy football load up. I mean, hell, I think you can play either one. I think Jerry Judy's a safe play this week. I think um, Tim Patrick's an absolute safe play. If you got both of the Broncos tied, Tight ends, I would probably err on the side of Noah Fant just because he's probably going to be in the 30 to 50-yard range. Um, Albert Okawebanon is sort of boomer bust potential. He could be one catch touchdown, you know, nine points for your fantasy league. He could also not be one that, that you know. Um, right. He could also be 40 yards and, you know, whatever it is. So I think those are your safe plays there. I would stay away from the running back room altogether. 
Lindsay's going to have more yards, but Melvin Gordon's probably going to have the touchdown if we really are going to dice it up and do some of those things. So they're both projecting to me to be eight to 10 point running backs for you and your fantasy leagues this week. I think Drew Locke's an interesting play. Dude throws three touchdown passes. Bailey's thrown a touchdown pass all year long. I can't even recall the last time he threw a touchdown pass in all honesty. I mean, I guess the Jerry Judy Moss, I don't even know if he's thrown a, another touchdown pass since then. Um, Other he might last week. four or five touchdowns on the year, but he getting three in one game. I think he's got some potential. I think he's got a big game. I think he's got a 250-yard couple touchdown type of game in him. So I think Drew Locke is an absolute slam dunk play if you, if you have some space at the quarterback position. It's going to be an interesting game, Jared, man. It's going to be an interesting yeah. game. And so, uh, let him dance. Let him <laughs> dance. If we see Drew Locke dancing on the field, I think we're going to have a really hell of a Sunday here. So, to recap, Lindsey over 36.5 yards, I think, is a slam dunk. I like both tight ends. Uh, Fan at 48. Albert Okawaben on at 19 yards. I like Jerry. I'm going to give Jerry Judy the slight edge because uh, Tim Patrick's got a soft tissue injury, and it seems like Jerry Judy's getting a little bit more involved. A lot of folks are saying his breakout game was last week, so I'd love to see him do that. Again, third in the NFL. Um, 12. He has 12 over 15-yard receptions in the NFL right now. I love that statistic for us as we're rolling through some of those bits and pieces there. Uh, Matt Ryan under. 290 yards passing and I'm not going to take either line, but I'm going to put Broncos plus four and a couple of teasers that I'll put together this week. Cause I love the Broncos at plus 10. I think that that's a slam dunk there. Jared, man, anything for the good of the order? Hey, you know what? I love doing this every week. I love winning money. Uh, and if to, for the listeners, I'm glad you're, uh, you're coming along for the ride. Hopefully you're, uh, putting the money down on these Raiders like I am because I think we're having a good season so far. And let's keep this train rolling. Keep the train rolling. Let's cash some tickets. And I'll see you at the cashier again um, November 22nd. Mine is unless there was some crazy shit that happens with COVID and they shut down the state again. I will be in Blackhawk hanging out with a couple of my buddies. We're going to be betting every every line on the board. So if you want to make some money and come out and have a good time, you're more than welcome to join us. We are Orange Weekly. This is the Rager Show. You can follow us on Twitter at OW Ragers. I'm Ray. It's Ragers. Y'all got to figure it out, man. Orange Weekly. We're all about fans, brews, Broncos news. See y'all next week. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. Orange Weekly. Fans, brews, and Broncos news.